Welcome to the Hope United Church Podcast. We are one church with two locations. For video live streams of our services and more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. The message title is Heart for the House. Um, and this is obviously the this is the this is the ethos of our vision weekend, and this is the ethos of the, the week leading up to, to the vision um, where we'll, we'll be collecting money and collecting pledges and um, where we move forward and, as I said, uh, growing the, the church. But what I wanted to speak to you about the night is really the essence of Christianity, the essence of where it is, the thing in your heart that urges you to give. And that thing is... That thing is sacrifice. And Christianity has been built on sacrifice. I mean, if we look, obviously, Jesus came and um, he walked He walked as an adult, as a grown man, doing his ministry for three years, and he had a, a bunch of confused guys running after yeah. him, like, what do we yeah. do now, Jesus? What do we do now? Um, just kind of a, almost terrified to make mistakes and yeah. just dying to learn, but totally sold out for this man. Because of the because of who he was and and because he was the son of God because he's the Messiah and I think it's absolutely amazing that right back then um, Jesus knew as, as Fraser said he his, his face was set like flint when he was on that road to Jerusalem and he knew what was going to happen to him and at the end of that journey he's nailed to a cross and he's dying for every person's sin that would ever live on the world um, so that they can accept him and be reunited with God so that they can um, have a fresh start at life so that they can have eternal life and it was all founded on that sacrifice if we look at the disciples even I was having a chat with our women's pastor Vicky uh, earlier on in the office and I was asking her questions just about the, the disciples and how they died and different things. And we look at Peter, who um, he was in such an awe of Jesus and, and who he was. They were crucifying him because of his faith. He wouldn't, he wouldn't renounce his faith. And they crucified him. They had to crucify him upside down because he wouldn't accept being yep. crucified the same way as Jesus. Again, sacrifice. You had Andrew, um, who was in Greece, and he got burnt alive on an on a X-shaped cross. Um, you had uh, John who they tried to kill by uh, putting him in a, a vat of oil um, but it wouldn't work again sacrifice um, and then you had, you had Stephen who they stoned to death I had to check Stephen with a PH Stephen um, get... I actually wrote that down just in case it was a low energy night and we got a real laugh Stephen um, it's actually, there's really good memes on the internet. You should just type in Google images, Stephen, P-H-T-E-V-E-N, absolutely quality. Um, he was stoned to death. But today, thankfully, we don't have to make those same sacrifices because we live in, whether we like to admit it or no, it's, pre- it's a pretty amazing country. If you look at other countries around about the world, yep, we've got our flaws, yep, we've got areas we could grow in, um, and, and loads of stuff like that but if you look at places like China I watched a, a video and I know China's now a modern country and stuff like that but as a Christian it's still very much in the dark ages and I was watching a video the other day and it was a Bible drop and all these Christians just ran out of nowhere and got their Bible and they're on their knees and they're crying into their Bible and they've got it right up to their face and I'm thinking 
I've no idea what that's like. Yeah. We're giving away Bibles willy-nilly here and there, and then we put it in a drawer and we forget about it and stuff like that. And these people actually worship God. They worship the yeah. Word of God. They cherish it that much. We're trying to get three youths at 60 to bring their Bibles on a Friday night. <laughs> we, we have to offer them free pizza. I would give away Kinder Buenos during the service and all that to get them here. It's a different kind of a sacrifice. But I'm so grateful that I live in the world where it is a different kind of sacrifice. And the sacrifice that we need to make is, is sometimes financial, sometimes serving. But in the context of what I'm speaking about tonight, it's, it's financial, it's vision, and it's, and it's sowing into, into the kingdom. But we're not just built for sacrifice spiritually. Believe it or not, we're actually, down to the finest details in our body, we are built for sacrifice physically as well. But I'll get back to that later on because I want to talk a wee bit more um, about other stuff right now, if that's okay. Um, but as you know, Christianity is built on sacrifice. Our country, um, a great country, has built on sacrifice as well. And I was looking, um, you hear a lot of talk about millennials, don't you? Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, I've got some of the traits. I hope I'm not a millennial. <laughs> and... Um, and then I'm looking at the youth and I'm thinking, no, I'm definitely, if they're millennials, millennials I'm definitely not a millennial. Yeah. And then I'm looking back at it and I've and I seen a chart and apparently if you were born between 82 and 2012, you're a millennial, but towards the later stages, you're Generation Z. Okay, if you're up to 82 from the, I think it is, late 60s, you're Generation Y, no, Generation X. But there's this crossover, and I think this is the bracket I fall into. And there's some of them in Generation X, and some of them in Millennials, and it's called Generation Y. And it seems to be like a bunch of people who are disapproving of the other types in that generation. So they sconce them, and they're quite sarcastic and dry and all that. So I think I'm not a Millennial, I'm a Generation Y. <laughs> um, but before that, you had your baby boomers, which was just after, it's post-war. But I love the name that they gave to the generation before that. It's simply called the greatest generation. <laughs> there you go, mate. Let's give it up for the greatest generation. So if you're part of the greater generation, well done. Um, but in, in a serious note, the reason why it's the greatest generation is because they literally gave everything they had so that we could build our freedom, so that we could build our lives and we could build our country. But it gets me thinking every time we're talking about vision in the church, every time we're, we're talking about building and moving forward, everything, we're always standing on the shoulders of giants as we're moving yeah, forward yeah, in church. Yeah, yeah. Because every vision that we are, we are casting, you've seen the video of the amazing things that we're going to do, that is an addition yeah. to, the sac to the vision that came from the sacrifice of somebody the last time we had a vision yeah, offer. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I, I look at side and, and you see like, some of it looks like kind of old and rough now and that's why we're having to re redo it, but... That was somebody's vision of them just a few years ago. I remember building the kids' play area and the fencing and all that, and it was such an exciting time because we're like, we can't wait because it will enhance the coffee shop. Yeah. I can remember the idea of the coffee shop that was brought forward by Mark. He's like, we're going to build a coffee shop. I'm like, oh, it's very exciting. It's great. It was like revolutionary in our minds. And it was actually in that coffee shop that I can remember the first time I heard Mark speak about Dundee. And it's like the vision that was birthed then is now facilitating another vision to get spoke about. And it's just layer upon layer upon layer. And it's building vision on a sacrifice, building vision on a sacrifice. Um, 
But vision offerings obviously require sacrifice, and I've been I've been studying about a sacrifice, um, and sometimes it can be a bit kind of a hard because we all we all believe that we're, I always used to believe that I was given enough, and then the thought would come into my head that I could give a wee bit more, and then I would just retract it a wee bit. And this is this is actually the the definition of sacrifice. And it's an act of giving up something valued for the sake of something else regarded as more important. It has to be something that's valued for it to be a sacrifice. And I love what uh, Fraser was speaking about there. I loved your honesty and getting the guitar away because you didn't want to part with your cash. Um, Well done. I've done similar things myself. Um, (laughs) This is is actually shameful. Um, (laughs) This is actually the first year that I've gave into the vision what I believe God put in my heart. And no gave a substance. I know it's terrible, isn't it? They let me into leadership. But the truth is, if it doesn't cost you, it's no sacrifice. And sometimes that, that our financial insecurity and all the issues really don't like to hear that. But it's written in the dictionary, that's what a sacrifice is. And if we want to give into a vision, then it needs to be sacrificial. Okay, I'm now approaching the kind of a, the, the meaty bit of the message. This is the bit I was really excited about. This is the bit I've been, I've been practicing on the youth and all that as well. It's been great. And this is, this is the bit that we're going to find out how God is not just built us for sacrifice spiritually, but he's also built us actual genetically for sacrifice as well. Um, so this is a bit where you need to lean in. You have your notepads out. There should be a few uh, gold nuggets distributed here. Um, and you can take them away and claim them as your own, as I'm doing right now, even though none of it is. Uh, okay, so my, my subtitle for the message would be Jesus in your jeans. And I'm not talking about your skinnies. <laughs> Obviously, I'm talking about your, your biological genes. And I'm going to go to Colossians 1, and it's verses 16 and 17 in the Bible. Do we have that up on the screens? Okay, I'll just read it from here. Have you got it? Okay. For by him all things were created. Uh, Could you put the NIV up for me, please? Thank you. If you have it in your Bible, just, I'll give you a wee second, you can look for it in your Bible. There we have it there. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him, and I want us to repeat this next bit, all things hold together. That, that's the important part, all things hold together. If we go any molecular biologists in the room, <laughs> just before I go any further, I'm not even going to chance it, if there's any... <laughs> If there are any molecular biologists listening on a live stream or podcast and you need me to write you a paper on it, then you can email me. If there's anything wrong with it, you can email a location pastor, James Sedwell. <laughs> Be happy to answer any questions. Um, I was actually, I was having a conversation with uh, Rachel uh, Smith, who, who comes down every week from Aberdeen to serve in our ch- both churches. Uh, in Dundee and in at Motherwell and 
Um, she's got to be coming on board serving with youth and, and different things. And um, we decided to meet up and, and have a, a chat about a few things. And I was talking about uh, Louis Giglio. Have any of you heard of Louis Giglio? Yeah. And I was talking about the otherness of God and the great, how great is our God. And he talks about the stars and the, the galaxies and how they're like, there's certain ones that are so far away and they're sh- sh- shaped certain ways. And oh, it's just amazing to see the bigness of God. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, have you seen the one about laminin? I mean, laminin? I thought she was trying to say, like, laminate, except she'd maybe missaid it or something like that. I was like, no, I'm not sure. I don't even know what lamin is. She's just like, you need to see it. So I quickly looked up the video, and I, and I was looking through it, and I was absolutely amazed. Because I was only used to hearing about how big God is out there. I never actually realise the detail he goes to in our own bodies um, when he's designing us. And um, I thought, what is it? So I went away and I looked at it. And it turns out that laminin is a self-adhesive protein molecule. Now, that might not make any sense um, to a lot of people. It certainly didn't to me. I still had to repeat it a few times in the back room before I came out so I could say it right. But it's a self-adhesive protein molecule. Basically... That is the molecule that holds everything together in your body. So your hair, your skin, um, your eyes, your organs, your blood, everything is held together by this molecule, laminin. And I was thinking, that is absolutely amazing. I love the fact that that God has created something just just to make everything hold together. And then as I was going further and further in this video, I actually got to see what laminin looks like. Now, don't put it up yet, but I just want you to pause for a wee minute, and I just want you to think about what we were talking about earlier on with Jesus sacrificing his life on that cross, and we're going to put up the first diagram of laminin. Laminin, the thing that holds us together physically, is the exact same shape as the thing that holds us together spiritually. You see, God, before anything was ever created, already knew that he was going to do all this. It's absolutely amazing. Does it not just astound you? And there we have the cross. The cross in our body, physically, a physical representation and and being used the exact same way in our physical form as what the cross that Jesus died on is used in our spiritual form. This is what the actual laminin this is a picture of laminin next. I don't know how they get that picture. I don't know how powerful the camera is. Um, but it's pretty amazing. I believe that sacrifice is that ingrained in us. It's that uh, much part is that it's not just our faith or our country or anything or everything that's built on sacrifice. But us physically are actually built on sacrifice as well. So much so that I believe that, if you th- imagine it just, if you look at the person next to you and just imagine loads and loads and loads of tiny wee crosses. That's what's holding them together. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm thinking to myself, maybe that's why when I think about giving and somebody mentions giving, my first thought is, oh, ah, yes. And then my next thought is, oh, wait a minute, what about that? And it's almost as if God's built that into us so that our first response is always, I want to give. 
But then everything that we've ever been taught and everything that we've ever kind of started to form in our belief systems or our life suddenly takes over. Yeah. And then the cross suddenly gets put back to the side and put away. I know, I'll, we'll put the, the diagram back up. But if you'll notice, the cross here, even though it's, it's the same cross that Jesus died on, it's the same shape, you'll notice that Jesus, he's not actually on it. And I'm pretty sure if he wanted to God way back at the beginning, before he was created in, when he was designing this cross in the heavenlies, that he could have goes, I'll put a wee squiggle there and it'll make it look like Jesus is on it. And then, <laughs> then they'll be really impressed when Callum brings it. <laughs> but he didn't, so it's just quite, it can be quite annoying. <laughs> but the reason why he's known the cross is because it says in the Bible that we have to deny ourselves our selfish ambition take up our own cross and follow him. You see, he's already made the sacrifice. He's already set that example. And he's already gave us the command that anybody that wants to follow him, anybody that wants to be that sacrificial person, anybody that wants to give up their life has to deny themselves their selfish ambition. It's impossible to give everything that God wants you to give while you're still holding on to the things that you value more than valuing what God's asked you to give you away. It says in the definition that you need to value something and give it away for something that's more important. It's hard to give something away when you're not making something else more important. It's hard to give away what you value. It's hard to give away your guitar or your, your money or whatever it is that you feel as though God's been asking you to give away, if it's your finances, it's difficult to give that away if you don't think the purpose of God is more important than that thing that you value. See, I believe that we've got to have a kingdom mindset when we're thinking about these things. That's why you just feel inspired when you see what the building could look like when we get, or what it will look like when we get all these things done. And you can picture who's going to come, the kids that are going to come. We've got a pool of over 220 kids. We've got a pool of 160 youth now. We've got uh, parents and toddlers, which is growing all the time as well. You've got our services, which are getting busier all the time. We need to make room for people, but we can't do that. We can't create this big thing. We can't buy into this big purpose of God if we're not going to let go of the things that we value so much and hold dearly. I'll, uh, I'll get Fraser up as I begin to close here. I believe that God designed us. He built us to give. He designed us to give. The reason why we've got, we're made up of loads and loads of little crosses is because he designed us for sacrifice. Yeah. But I've got a couple of questions I'd like to ask you. And the first one, in fact, the two of them will seem really simple. Are we more blessed to give or to receive? To give. Do you believe that God wants us to live a blessed life? So how do we get that blessing? Give. If we're more blessed to give than to receive, and we believe that God wants to give us more blessing, then it's up to us to continue that giving. It's up to us to get into that flow so that God can continue to use us. Once a cup gets so full... It just, it has to overflow. You can't put anything else in it. 
And we're the exact same as vessels for Jesus, as vessels um, for the kingdom. There's only so full we can get before God. There's no flow. There's, there's nothing getting in and nothing getting out. We become stagnant as human beings. And I believe that God wants to give us a blessing. But our part is then to give. Our part is to be sacrificial. Our part is to buy into things greater than ourselves so that God is then enabled to keep the flow going. If there's no outpouring of us, there can't be an inpouring of God. If everybody's just kind of a... In fact, we'll just stay seated uh, the now. I've just got to finish with a wee story how... Um, my kind of a vision story's changed recently, and um, as I said earlier on, my my, my kind of a, I've had I've had a struggle financially over the years. Um, like I, I never really had money growing up. I'm not saying I never lived in kind of a dire poverty or anything like that. But I just never really understood how to manage money. I never really understood the value of money. Um, so when I did get to a certain age and I did start getting paid, it was all mine. And it was all going to go into things that made me feel good. And that was it. There was no debating it at all. And um, so when it, when, it, when it came to coming to church, as Pastor Mark said this morning, the last thing to get saved is your wallet. Um, and that, that is definitely tweetable, by the way. Um, and for me, that was the reality. Yeah. Because as soon as vision offering was mentioned, I'd be thinking about taking a sickie that Sunday. I would. Um, wouldn't it be a prominent thought? It would just be in there. It would be one of the options, you know, one of the suggestions that comes in. Take the suggestion box. Um, and then as I started to grow in my journey, as I started to kind of a look at the, the finance, financial side of, of how I thought and my belief systems, um, I started to get more generous and I started kind of a want to give. But as I said earlier on, I got to a, a certain stage and it probably lasted for about four years where I know God was pressing me to become more generous. I didn't know at the time he was pressing me to become more generous so that he could give me more. And I don't think that would have mattered anyway. But I always had a figure in my head when it came to vision offerings. And I always was like, oh, I'm going to tithe more or I'm going to, I'm going to give more or I'm going to give to this charity or I'm going to give to that charity. But when it came to vision offerings, I always had a certain number in my head. And then as it got close to the vision offering, another number would mysteriously appear, just at the, the side of my peripheral imagination. And I would always settle there because it was good enough, that number. I could get away with that. That was, that was good. I didn't, that was enough to kind of keep God at bay. But as I said, this year I really felt it in my heart that this is another chance, Callum. This is a chance just to... Be right with God, be right with, and I say right with God, there was nobody, there was, I never, I wasn't walking down the street one day and God wrote a picture in the clouds or anything like that with numbers. It was just a case that I really felt strongly in my heart that I wanted to give a certain amount. And um, I thought I'm going to have to maybe pay it up over a month or so, or I'm going to pay a, a, a sum of it and then pay some up. But I, I was determined, no, I'm being true to this number. I'm being true to this figure that I believe God's placed in my heart. Yeah. And then as it came, it came closer, that number, that other number, that smaller amount started to filter its way in. <laughs> and I was trying my hardest, get, get out, get out. And when I'd settled that, um, what amazing thing happened. 
as I said, I thought I was going to have to pay it up because it was a, a large amount and I didn't know how I was going to kind of do it or to figure it out. But in the last week, I've been blessed financially by God. Mm. And he's actually covered what I've gave by making sure it was as if I didn't give anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh God, you better not do this all the time because I'll start giving for the wrong reasons. <laughs> But it's amazing, as Pastor Mark said this morning, when you test it, when you test to see, is this, is this actually real? Is, is what was written in the Bible actually real? Believe it or not, it actually is. And we are so blessed to be a blessing. And there are so many hundreds, there's so many thousands of people that's going to be blessed by your generosity as a church, by your sacrifice as a church. Um, and for everybody, sacrifice looks different. If everybody's circumstances are different, yeah. um, what's going on in people's worlds are different and, and complex, as we've heard this morning. But I promise you, seek, seek God in your heart and ask him just to, to guide you into what would be a sacrifice for you. And I promise you, in the years to come, when you're looking outside, when you're looking at the different things and you're seeing God using your sacrifice to fulfill a vision and to fulfill freedom in people's lives, then I promise you the blessing will be all yours completely. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Hope United. You can stay connected with us through our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages.